day, Wednesday Night Wallop listeners. Ryland Turner here. Kyle Joseph is alongside me for another edition of Wednesday Night Rewind. Is this Rewind 11 now? I think so. I think so. And Kyle, you bastard, you picked a doozy. Um, um, see, usually I, when I, I sw- pick. I've sworn at you on so many shows this week. Usually when I pick, uh, I pick good wrestling because I like watching good wrestling. But this week, because Ryland keeps like picking bad wrestling, and then I'm forced to sit through bad wrestling, so I figured I'd I'd pick some bad wrestling and force him to sit through it. Um, not realizing, of course, or realizing, of course, that it's it's a mutual suffering. And so, when you think of bad wrestling, I think the first thing that comes to mind on this show is WCW in 2000. So we have gone back for another dip at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, early. Halloween, Wait, Halloween came early this year. Oh, Halloween Havoc 2000. Um, a show with far too many talented people for how many matches were actually good, which was maybe one. There's so I have so many thoughts. Um, number one. Why the fuck did they change the logo for Halloween Havoc, much less the set? They had everything. Yeah. It was perfect. It was perfect. Like, this looked like shit. Um, the whole production, it, it looked like trash. This was October of 2000, and they had they would go out of business by March. Um, and... Kyle, like this is this is really rough. Yeah, it was it wasn't good. It's like I talked about. There's a lot of good wrestlers still, and there are there are still a number of good wrestlers in this company at this point. But most of them are gone now. You you lost all the guys. The you know Jericho Guerrero, um, all those guys have gone over by this point. You were closing in on invasion. Yes, an era that I look back on fondly that no one else does. Because uh, it was awful, and yeah. you should feel bad about, about liking it. Um, so, basically, they're trying to cobble together these shows and stories, and it's just a mess. And so, yeah, this was this was just WCW throwing everything they could at the wall and seeing what stuck, and... It's amazing that nothing did. Yeah, I will say I do find it entertaining that this show took place at MGM Grand. And are we not going back to MGM Grand next weekend for Double yeah. or Nothing? Yeah, this, we're recording this the week before Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to be going back. It's amazing. It's amazing what 21 years can do. It sure is. Um, speaking of, actually, I'm looking at this. It is kind of amazing that there are still wrestlers that are going to be a that will be at both shows, or there there will be a wrestler that will be at both shows. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's not even Ray Mysterio. Speaking of Ray, uh, he was in action to start this. Do we want to do we want to talk about anything going into this, or do we just want to get into uh, it? If you're if you're referring to uh, Rob's roundup or any facts that we have. Uh, we have rounded up nothing. 
this is how unimportant this. this show was. So I will say a couple things going into this. The first one is that this show was sponsored by WCW Backstage Assault. Yes. Um, I don't know if you know this about this video game, how poorly reviewed it was. It, it, it's terrible. Um, it's considered to be one of the worst wrestling games ever made. Yep. Uh, I, I yeah. concur with that. And that's... I, I, I at one time convinced my mother to spend $80 on eBay for a bulk uh, order of N64 games. The reason I wanted these is because every single wrestling game that came out on the N64 was in this bundle. And it just so happened that Backstage Assault was one of those games. Uh, as well as I, I believe there was Mayhem and, and a few other WCW terrible games had to come out. E- either way, Backstage Assault was just awful. Just awful. So and the fact that they were promoting this, not only there was a sponsor, it was all over the, the, the ring apron. Yeah. It was all over the mat. Like they, they were pushing this game hard. And and it would turn out to uh, IGN gave it a two out of ten. Um, well deserved. Tony Schiavone, Stevie Ray, and Mark Madden on the call. Speaking of, we don't have anybody left. Tony Schiavone is is there with these two. Uh, Mark Madden has always been a clown, and he's going to remain a clown for the rest of his life. Um, Stevie Ray just seems so like out of place. Like he wasn't a bad commentator per se. Just he got snippy with Madden. He wasn't, it just didn't seem like he was fully into it. Tony Schiavone was his regular level of aloof. Slash no, the no. Check Tony still Schiavone clears. did not give a fuck. The like, check still clears, so I'm still showing up, but that's best. That's the best I can give you. Like, I, I'm watching Nitro in 98 right now in, in my uh, spare time, because that's my life. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Tony Schiavone is energized and uh, like as much as he is on AEW every week in, in this era. Uh, in 2000, nada, nada from this guy. So the opening matchup is uh, the Natural Born Thrillers defending their titles in a three-way dance against the Boogie Knights, which is Alex Wright and, Dis- and Disco Inferno. And the Filthy Animals, which is Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman, who were forced to carry this match. Um, Conan joined the commentary desk, and Mark Madden did not add a thing. Not really. He was he was sort of the the one thing he did contribute was uh, saying that Ginger Akino hair had the. Uh, the hair of well, what was it that he said? That he had the something, um, the something like Mary hair gel. Yes, uh, um, of course, being something about Mary. Um, Mark Madden was especially brutal in this match. So Mark Madden, uh, because he's a heel, he has to praise all the heels. Which there was, there were matches where it was just it didn't make any sense. And this was kind of one of them, but not really. He compares Jindrak and O'Hare to Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And if we're talking about Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard in 2022, I think that might be the case. But, like, um, 
He compares him to the Steiners. And then he goes the step further. The match had started. He compared them. He believed that they were a white Harlem Heat. And Stevie Ray was he shut that down immediately. (laughs) Yeah, we got heat now. Like, (laughs) why would you say that? Like, I get it was 2000 and we're supposed to be like, oh, it was a different time. No, it was not that different of a time. Why would you say that? Oh, so the match was a lot. There was a lot going on. Let's say this. Ray and Kidman were doing their best. Alex Wright is a solid wrestler. Jindrak and O'Hare aren't bad, but they're very much pick their moment wrestlers. Like they're good at specific things and they can do specific things well. And then of course Disco Inferno is the worst part of every match he's ever been in. <laughs> this one, no exception. But they tried. Kidman had early on gets the Philly Animals getting some offense. The story of the match early was that Jindrak and O'Hare are big, and that's everyone else is little. Yeah, and so they keep knocking over the little guys. Um, uh, Kidman hits a Hurricane Rana. Mysterio tries a Bronco Buster and misses. Gets taken down by Disco. Jindrak caught Kidman in a side slam, which was impressive. Um, it was very smooth, that particular match. O'Hare tags in, he wipes out everybody. More stuff happens. Ray hits a springboard splash at one point for two. Alex Wright hits an overhead belly-to-belly on Billy Kidman. We get a Tower of Doom spot in the corner, but Wright manages to kick out. Jindrak and O'Hare use a double beal. I don't even remember who they tossed. Probably Ray. At which point this match devolves into chaos. I don't. Guys were diving out of the ring. They were brawling all over the outside and back and forth and tagging in and out in the ring. Suffice to say, the match ends with a swanton bomb. Jindrak and O'Hare pick up the victory, and this was fine. Ultimately, it was a pretty good match. It was just there was nothing. This was the best match on this card. Sure. It just was unfortunate that it was the opener. And the the problem with it is that I'll say this. It was the same problem when we were comparing these two. The Young Dragons fought three count in a better match, by the way. Yeah. Which is crazy for me to say. But that match was that match. That ladder match was bananas. But it really felt like in this one. I would have liked to have seen more of these wrestlers. Like, if it had been Jindrak and O'Hare versus Boogie Knights, and we could have gotten, like, a Ray versus Kidman, or Ray and Kidman doing something later, I feel like that would have been better. Fair. Fair. As opposed to having to have all the, you know, the talent up at the top of the card, and then anybody who was talented later would have to carry somebody else, pretty much. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Uh, It was... Again, I, I, well, I thought it was the best match on the card. This I didn't was, think it's hard. To, it's hard to argue another one was any better. Uh, it, it's not even just that, but the scale that we're rating that on, yeah, is is low to begin with. Like this so, was this was not an amazing match. It was it was good. It got the show yeah. started off right. 
and you know, I knew that it was going to go downhill from there, but it just it it went so fast. <laughs> this Sergeant, was one of those just whoop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suffice to say, Kidman and Mysterio are attacked. After the match, Conan tries to make the save, and then he gets beat up too, which leads to Sergeant Awol for whatever reason making the save. Right. Kidman, Mysterio, and Conan are not part of the MIA, but... In fact, I I believe the last time we saw them in WCW 2000, they were feuding with MIA, so it makes even less sense. Yeah. But yeah, they they did a thing, and Sergeant Awol, you know, he's he's a face, I guess, and so they're they're trying trying to keep the faces alive. Which is hard to do in WCW at this point in time. Because all the faces die. On this show in particular. Did any faces, like... We'll get to the ending, but I feel like there was only one face who ended up getting to eat, getting to stand tall and not be broken at the end, by the end of this. Yeah, you, you're probably right on that one. Because uh, I, I, I can't even think of who that is. So why don't we... Um, so AWOL comes out to start his match before the other guys can even get out of the ring, essentially. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, so AWOL's already in the ring. <clears throat> he doesn't really get an entrance at this point. Reno comes out. Which, oh, God. Whoa, 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 whoa. WCW hardcore champion, Reno. Put some respect on that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> he should put some respect on my time having to watch this. I don't know who this guy is. Apparently, his I... name is Richard Cornell. Um, he was, I don't know, he was kind of big. He was, he was another member of the Natural Born Thrillers. Yeah, sure. There's just so many of those jerks. Um, Reno puts AWOL through a table. Then he hits AWOL with a trash can and a bunch of other weapons. He gets a two count. AWOL comes back, gets a trash can on his head, uh, and, and he smashes it, and... We get some slow plotting offense by the two for a while. Re- like, this is boring for a hardcore match. Yeah, there was there's, something. Well, it's not even that though. But like, it's two nobodies. Like, yeah. and it's but two they were nobodies. Both, they were, but they weren't like ex- like at least the young dragons were exciting nobodies. Yeah, These guys true. were like boring nobodies. This wasn't really better than that Norman Smiley match we saw the last time. Like, this is just sort of there yeah i would even put the norman smiley match way over this we get a low blow by reno before he hits roll the dice which is a bad crossroads on the ramp which he eats all of you <laughs> notice that like yeah. he, both times he hit the the move i'm like that you, you're taking all of that bump in the uh, in that move especially on the table i was like that looks like it sucked reno sets up a table on top of a table but he doesn't do the thing that you should do first when you do that, which is to make sure the guy that you're beating up is down. So AWOL puts Reno through both those tables. They fight to the backstage. Let me just say, the fire extinguisher might be the most overused spot in hardcore wrestling. Does it actually, like, do anything? Or are you just sort of sprayed? I, I, I honestly am not sure. I uh, I would have to ask on that one. I I... I the fire extinguisher spot for the backstage stuff was not it did not overpower the computer screen. Oh god. Yeah, he, they picked up a they had a computer monitor. Like one of those old school monitors. See, at least with like a flat screen. 
you can bash somebody with a flat screen. But he's like trying to throw an old school monitor, and it was just so dumb. I think he well, hit him at one point. It, it was it was definitely fake. It was yeah. definitely not a real one because the way he picked it up, I'm like, well, it, firstly, I remember back in the day when you had to pick up one of those monitors. That thing was easy 30 pounds. Yeah. This guy picked it up like it was a, a piece of paper. So, and I know he's a big guy, but Christ. Yeah. Um, we get some more slow plotting offense. Uh, a second roll of the dice was hit by Reno. That gets the win. Perfect event comes out. They keep beating up. Sergeant AWOL and the rest of MIA comes out to save him. Which leads to a thing I can't believe I'm saying. They then made an impromptu tag match in the yep. middle of the pay-per-view card. <laughs> yep. This is Vince Russo unadulterated. Don't worry, folks. I, th- I know you thought this card was, was bad, but we've got Perfect Event versus MIA for you. In a match, it's going to make it better. It didn't. Um, God bless Lieutenant Loco. <laughs> he was trying to do the Lord's work in this. Yeah, he really was. And again, this match didn't offend me. It just wasn't good. It wasn't good. No, it, 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 at the end of the day, like when it was over, I was just like, that was there. Yeah, that happened. It, I wasn't sitting there like. Wow, what a what an amazing tag match! And it wasn't, but it also wasn't sitting there going, "What a what a terrible terrible tag match!" It just wasn't right. good. So, but it, like it felt like a TV match. Yeah, yeah. Colombo are so Corporal Cage and this dumb. Uh, they're beating up Chuck Colombo early on. Perfect event. The story behind this is that they're dysfunctional. They keep like pushing each other back and forth a little bit. Palumbo and Stasiak are not on the same page. Palumbo is doing a lot of like boasting, whereas Stasiak is trying to get them on the right page. This didn't turn into anything during the pay-per-view, which, you know, is the place where things are supposed to happen. We'll get to that point later because it comes up again. Uh, Palumbo hits a follow-away slam on Lieutenant Loco and then overhead belly to belly. Later on, Palumbo ends up kicking Stasiak in the face. Loco hits Tornado DDT, and they pick up the and they might pick up the victory. My overall for this is God bless Chavo for carrying this match. Uh, MIA's oh, overdumbed theme song, just just terrible. I I didn't you know what? honestly, I tuned the music out for this one. Like okay. I I I didn't turn it off, but it just didn't register in my brain. Fair enough. That's because totally it's it's WCW music, and honestly, who cares? Um, oh, it's all bad. It's so bad. The franchise ver- and Tori Wilson are taking on Conan and Tigress. Conan so, is still reeling from his injuries. So, this is an era where Vince Russo decided that all of the Nitro Girls needed characters and storylines. Thus, giving us Tigris. So, I've seen we've seen Tigris before. Yes. In these reviews, I think she's been face or heel like seven times. Who honestly cares? Tori Wilson obviously betrayed. Was it Billy Kidman? No, he. Um... Who was it that was fighting the franchise? And she, she hoofed him in the. Was it David Flair? 
I, I don't remember. It's, 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 we need Nate Melton for this. Yeah. Um, so the franchise and Tori Wilson are out and Conan is still hurt from the attack before. So Tigers comes out to try to fight them alone. Needless to say, this doesn't work. But then Conan comes out. He says he's clear to go. The, the Nevada State Commission got way too much time in this show. And also, how did he get cleared so fast? They did a bad job. They did not do a good job um, of the Nevada State Commission in this particular show. They they nope. did they did bad. Um, anybody who in an officious capacity in this particular show uh, did a bad job. But you know what the worst part about this match was? <clears throat> it was That's like. Eight whole minutes. There was so much match for how little stuff happened. I didn't even take notes. It was because I don't take notes when they're just like punching each other. And it's basically all they did. Conan would do a little bit of rallying and then the franchise would beat him up. He punched Tigris a couple times and Tony Schiavone got very offended, even though I, I couldn't tell whether or not this is supposed to be intergender or whether this is supposed to be a mixed tag or what the like what the rules were but the referee sure wasn't going to do anything about it that was the other thing kyle this whole pay-per-view had no rules yeah it like was, they didn't there was not a single match that 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 that, that got any disqualification for nothing so well, we, no we'll get to that there was one there was a dq it just came at a weird time in the match um yes so the, it's, it's you're you can get a DQ, you just can't get one right away. Um, you got it to go through a few refs. Yeah, <laughs> we get a double stuff buster by Conan on the franchise, and he picks up the win. Um, this made nobody look good. Nothing was earned, and it it was eight whole entire minutes. I could not agree more <laughs> on your sentiment on this one. Um. Shorter matchup coming, but somehow just as bad. Buff Bagwell versus David Flair. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> In a um, DNA match, they called it? Yeah, something like that. A who's yeah. your daddy match? Yeah, or, it, was, it basically is a first blood match. Yeah. And the idea is that David Flair is trying to prove that Buff Bagwell is the father of... I can't believe I'm saying any of this. This would be Miss. Han- is she still Miss Hancock at this point? Yes. yes. Of Miss Hancock's child, uh, because WCW 2000 is Maury. You, you know, you want to know how that storyline ended? David sure. Flair goes through all this torment, and Stacy Keebler returns like two weeks after this and announces that she was never pregnant. <laughs> Uh, like, I can understand being a, um, a, a not horribly present father figure, but they were dating while she was claiming to be pregnant, no? Wouldn't there have been, like, doctor's visits or appointments or signs? It was the 90s. Men didn't go to those things, man. <laughs> <laughs> they did, but they... Did in real life though. Hey, he's a flare. He's a flare. He probably didn't. Uh, can I just say uh, his best impressions of his dad 
in both his promo and in the in-ring. Uh, David Flair looked like Ric Flair all over the place. Yeah. It's just, just, sorry, I shouldn't say he looked like... He looked like a poor man's Ric Flair. Yeah, like, he... Except in the ring, <laughs> where he looked... He, first of all, you're David... You're, like, the, the whole thing is that they want to carry the fact that he is Ric Flair's son. And he's out there... That boy's out there wrestling in jeans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, help me help you. Anyway... Yeah. Um, Buff Bagwell opens up Flair with a chair shot. The referee doesn't see it. He goes to the outside and he's bleeding and he's already first blooded. Uh, then, uh, to make, to add insult to injury, hits a blockbuster. Referee notices that, that David Flair is cut open and, uh, ends the match. At which point, David Flair cuts open Buff Bagwell. No, 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 no. no. Oh, Lex Luger. Oh, Lex you're Luger. right. Oh, sorry, I have this here. Yes. Lex Luger comes out for reasons, beats up Buff Bagwell, and cuts him open, at which point David Flair takes some of the blood, gets a sample of of it, and takes it to the lab guys who are backstage. Yes. As, uh, and they leave him as he's, like, bleeding out of his head profusely. Yes, I, I also noticed this. I was like, if these men are doctors, they are terrible doctors. <laughs> He's, he's, basically he's, he's, clearly in need, he's clearly in need of medical attention. Yes, he's basically keeled over, and these two lab coat dorks grab their sample and run off as he as he uh, is, is passed out on the concrete, losing a tremendous amount of blood. Um, I mean, do I need to describe how I feel about this match? It was, it was it's, real bad. It's terrible. Terrible. And yet... This show keeps getting worse. Mike Sanders versus Ernest the Cat Miller in a kickboxing match. Um, there was one. There was one glimmering thing to this, and you mentioned this before. This match was the only way the cat looked halfway decent. Yes. Yes, it was the best. It was the best of seeing cat the cat wrestle because he didn't have to wrestle. Um. But aside from that, I mean, like these guys were rank amateurs. Hands weren't up for defense at all. Uh, the cat at least looked like he knew what he had. Like he had some experience, but he's still, you know, probably years away from from that yeah. point. Um, I still I laugh because he they keep saying he's a three time karate three time karate champion. They don't explain what what he won. Uh, how large the term the the, ch- the championship was? Because like, if I say that I'm a karate champion, to me that means that you won at least like a national competition in karate, right? Right. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, no, definitely not. And I looked this up, and I could not find any evidence of this actually happening. Uh, I don't know if it's made up or not, but like any, I just, I was unable to find any confirmation of Ernest the Cat Miller being a karate champion. Um, he was a karate teacher. I have confirmation of that, but champion, I have yet to, uh, I've yet to find that. At least he looked like like a decent kid. I mean, if we review more WCW of this era, we're going to have more cat matches to do, so... Um, so this is bad. Obviously, 
uh, Palumbo and Stasiak are out there. And they're fighting over whether or not to throw in the towel. Yes. Yes, this... And, and Mike Sanders is clearly like, throw in the fucking towel. I yeah. get my ass kicked. Yeah, and the, the weird thing about this is, like, it wasn't even that mad first. It wasn't even that bad. First of all, it was... Uh, the rounds were two minutes long. Three two-minute rounds. And Mike Sanders spent most of that time on his ass because the, the clock kept going while the referee and the referee didn't like hurry to count. Right. Uh, so by at the third round, um, they're not even really doing anything. Like he, uh, Sanders has to do his own water and his own whatever, because his corner men are not very good at their jobs. Um, then out comes the franchise. He, distracts um, the cat and then he wraps a chain around his hand and punches him which gets the cat down for a nine count at this point I think that the round had been was over but the cat and the, the franchise were fighting on the outside and so in a kickboxing match there was a ring out called and that allowed uh, Sanders to win checks that- yeah, all of this. Like, did anybody want this? It's not about what we want, Kyle. It's about what puts butts in seats, all right? That's what I'm and asking. Is that any of the butts that were in the seats want this? I, I, I cannot fathom anyone in this era of WCW getting word that the pay-per-view is coming to town and going, yeah, I'll spend $70 on a ticket for that for sure. Yeah, this first of all, this crowd. Um, we could talk about this. There wasn't that. There wasn't a ton of crowd. Um, and they're also like, I can't imagine a lot of these people paid anything close to seventy dollars for this show. Um, oh god, that seventies guy, Mike Awesome, <laughs> versus Vampiro, been doing his best Marilyn Manson impression. Let me tell you something. Every match we've talked about up to this point was bad, but it was bad in a way where nobody could could have gotten hurt. This was one of the like most botch heavy, dangerous matches I've ever watched in my life, including including a fan getting the shit kicked out of him by both Mike Awesome and Vampiro. Uh, okay, so they fight in and out of the or they fight out of the ring for the most part early on. At some point, Vampiro grabs a chair for each of them so that they can duel chairs. Uh, so they carry on for a bit. I I didn't get a lot. Of, I didn't write a lot of this down because I didn't care. Um, Vampiro botches a. I I think I could not tell if this was supposed to be an arm drag or a Spanish fly. Either way, it it was it was just bad. He threw my awesome who Mike Awesome was able to, like, roll and land, but he landed really... Vampiro lands really awkwardly. Um, then he tries a top-rope Meteora, which I think Awesome was supposed to catch and powerbomb him, because then Awesome tried for a pin. I think Awesome at this point looked annoyed at how bad this was. Yes. Uh, like I think he was, he, I think he was actually like legitimately pissed off. 
Um, Vampiro hits a sit-out scoop slam. That gets a two count. Then they go to the outside. Austin hits a powerbomb on the floor for two. Then back on the inside, Austin hits an avalanche powerbomb. Vampiro's head snaps onto the onto the canvas uh, and slams back of his head hard onto the mat and is pinned because I don't know that he could have kicked out even if he was supposed to. Yeah, this was fucking brutal. Like, I, I, I've never been a huge Vampiro guy, but in that moment, I felt for him. Like... This like this match was dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. That that's the best way to describe it. I think like there there was no ca- they, like they they threw caution to the wind. They did not care. They were taking liberties with each other like crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. And like, like but like Vampiro was gonna hurt himself and or others. Like, like the whole, it was just bad. I don't know if he got if he got hurt at some point in this and wasn't able to whatever. Because I've watched him, although I say I've watched him wrestle, I've watched him punch guys back and forth before, and he's you know that's usually fine. But like this was this was awful. We'll have to we'll have to do a vampiro deep dive. Um, we don't need to do that. Oh, and then I wrote. Uh, so uh, we've had an interview with General Rection, who uh, yeah he's going to take it to Lance Storm and he's going to he's going to win back Major Guns. Um, is it amazing to you that that is like, don't get me wrong. Like I I'm happy to see that they're, they're putting the, the female as the, the, the major prize here, but he's also going for the championship. Um, yeah, he wanted the title. He did want the title, but he wanted everything. He was going to take it from, from, from storm. Right. The promo was like impassioned. But just I don't know. There's something missing, and Mean Gene is wasted here. Yeah, yeah. Like, at, the, at this point, he he just kind of, it was another situation where I feel like he was just like there for the ride, and that was it. Yeah, like Mean they were gonna let Mean Gene go down with the ship, and like he he's such a profound, he's such a pro. Even like in 2000, he's still so much Mean Gene. His his voice still has commands that like. This is important. Pay attention. Quality, and then you get a general erection promo. Like, speaking of disappointing promos, um, at least Landstorm tried. Um, I did. I did like the message of his promo, basically saying, you know, you're trying to come out here and, uh, you know, capture the gold and rescue the princess, but you're not going to get to do it because dreams don't come true. That's just American propaganda. I will say this: he says he's going to win because he's from Calgary. And I have a question for you, Rylan. Uh, where in Calgary is Sarnia, Ontario? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, so I like, assume I assume it was the same deal as like uh, you know when when Jericho was from was from I believe he was from Calgary as well when he was in yes. WCW. Yes, uh, he was. It was it's like the most popular place they could be from. Sure, but it's like. Because I, I immediately, you know, my, my head goes like, no, he's from Ontario, isn't he? And like, I thought, you know, okay, maybe he lived, like, maybe he, like, was born in Ontario and grew up in Calgary. No, he he went to do some wrestling training in Calgary, but he's like uh, Ontario through and through. Right. Which, 
still makes him more Canadian than Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but... Um, Our thoughts with Hacksaw, he's battling cancer again. Yes. Uh, but, wow, uh, he was battling a wrestling ability in this match. Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, general, first of all, General Erection cuts off the, the Canadian National Anthem, which is why you have to wait for him to come out first, and then you play the anthem as part of the... the regardless... Um, Lance Storm is trying. Jim Duggan at this point in his career, there's just nothing left. And amazing to me that in the coming years he would show up in WWE periodically to do one-off matches. Uh, I also have a question. Sure. The the idea um, with MIA is that they are. Um, they are given the military titles, but uh, uh, for like bad, childish jokes. Why is Major Guns still called Major Guns? She's not an MIA anymore. I guess they couldn't come up with a clever enough uh, Canadian like, name for her. Because I feel like I feel like you could have gotten some heat talking about how guns are terrible, and, and we in Canada don't believe in them. Um, off of that. So she could have, they could have given her some other silly, it doesn't, I, you know, I, honestly, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this better. There isn't really much. You can this is 22 years ago, Kyle. You need to let it go. Um, Storm hits a super kick for two at some point. Duggan hits the slowest scoop slam ever. Uh, General Erection manages to escape a sleeper. He gets a back suplex on, on Storm. We get some more bad wrestling. Duggan hits a pile driver on General Erection, but the referee is down. So the heels get the visual pinfall. Um, <laughs> then um, Major Guns turns on the Canadians. He distracts Lance Storm, pulls down his, his pants at one point uh, as he's just trying to pull him off the rope, like exposing the, the crack of his ass to the crowd. Um... And General Erection uh, completely misses the moonsault, but still manages to have enough. I guess the force of him landing was enough to uh, keep uh, Duggan out, and he pins uh, Duggan for the win. This this sucked. Yeah. Lance was trying. God help him. But Yeah, but, but again, when you're put in these positions, there's only so much you can do. And Lance Storm did everything he could do, but it was not enough. No. This was bad. I might celebrate Major Guns is no longer Canadian. Um, yeah, this this feud would continue into the winter. Uh, Storm and Storm and uh, General Erection, I think, exchanged this belt five more times. That is disgusting. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett has an interview. It's boring. <clears throat> the only thing that's like not interesting but like worth noting for the thing is that Sting is gonna you know he's gonna have a he's gonna have to face he's gonna have to learn to face himself or some nonsense Sting jumps Jared early when they get to the match they're not really wrestling for anything they just don't like each other um, then we get a fake Sting who comes out and I'm like oh god here we go and it was, there were, I will say this, 
there were more fake stings than I expected that they were willing to do. <laughs> even, even for Sting, who, you know, the, the fake sting is a very common wrestling theme. Well, let's go through them. We had we had Surfer Sting. Yep. Then in the crowd we had Sergeant Pepper Sting. Yep. And then and then we had uh, Wolfpack Sting. Wolfpack yep. Sting, the one that makes the least sense. But we'll talk about that on another show. But the least sense. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Crow Sting. Yep. And then we had the Crow Sting. Who was who repelled down from the from the raft? No, he came out from under the ring. No, no. We had Crowsting who came up front of the afters under the ring, and then we had Crowsting who repelled down from the. That's right. That's right. From the roof, there were five oh. fake stings, Rylan. That's right. Okay, so. And somewhere in between, there was a match. I'll let's talk about the match. Um, Jarrett and Sting are fighting for a while. Uh, the first two stings, um, Sting hits a scorpion death block on the top of the ramp. <clears throat> Sting then beats up Wolfpack Sting. I'm really annoyed at this point. <laughs> Jarrett then comes after he takes he ta- he gets a third Scorpion Death drop on Wolfpack Sting. All of the Stings suffering the same fate. Jarrett comes out and Wolfpack Sting had a baseball bat, so he beats up Sting with that baseball bat. It's a suplex on the top of the ramp. Um, then Tony Schiavone tries to like sell this match. I don't think he. I don't know if he was handed notes or what was supposed to happen here. Where he was like, "Okay, this is like this is more important than even Sting's championships. He's got to battle himself." Like weird. Slow it's okay, to- it's okay, Tony. It's you don't you don't have to. Um, I laughed so hard at this part. Um, because Jarrett lost uh, Sting in a sleeper, and Madden points out how many there have been a lot of sleepers tonight. And Tony Schiavone responds, "You're not kidding." <laughs> like I told you, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give. A, he's getting paid to be there. <laughs> Check clears regardless, man. So long as the key card works on Monday, it does not matter. Um, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and then and then Sting hits a sleeper on Jarrett. Oh my god. Um This is the point where we get the fourth fake Sting who comes up from the, the ring and pulls in Sting. Uh they then emerge from under the ring, Sting having beaten up this fake Sting. He busted him open. Yes. <laughs> uh then we get the fifth fake Sting who repels down from the... Actually, we get Stinger Splash uh, a couple times at this point. Uh, we get a fifth fake Sting who repels down. Um, Sting Scorpion Death drops him through the, the announcer's table. Uh, Stevie Ray was not happy about losing those tables. Then fake Sting 4 comes back and he smashes a guitar over Sting's head. Uh, Sting no-sells this and tosses him out, or Death drops him and tosses him out, and then Jarrett gets another guitar, smashes it over his of Sting's head, and this and this pins uh, Sting. Um, this was bad. Yeah, for two guys who have had capable, very capable moments in yeah. both of their careers, uh, and Sting looked in great shape. He did. Jarrett was Jarrett was youthful. 
Yep. Um, terrible match though. Like mm-hmm. just, just awful. Like one of the worst on this card. And it's like, to me, the problem with this is that if you're gonna do this type of match where you're trying to get into like the psychology of Sting or whatever it is, it can't be Jeff Jarrett his opponent because it's very clear Jeff Jarrett. Uh, went to a costume store and found some guys at the power plant. Like, that's that's not psychology. That's just, you know. Can you imagine being in the crowd for this match? How confusing (laughs) this would have been? No commentary to explain anything away. Just these two going at it. Five fucking bonus stings show up to beat up Sting. And he Uh, kills all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kills all of them. Each and every one. But, like, you just sitting there and all of a sudden, boom, Sergeant Pepper Sting's in front of you beating up Sting. Like, why would you react to that? Uh, and then, like, they all try. Like, I, I assume these guys were power plant guys. Because yeah. it was, they all try. Uh, oh, the, the funny, I think the funniest thing was that uh, um, the, the Sting who repelled down, his hair fell off. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. Anyway, let's move on. Plowing through, plowing through. Oh, Jesus. Scott Steiner, Booker T. Steiner isolates Booker with some strikes. Booker comes back with a flying forearm like it's a two count. Uh, Steiner bludgeons Booker with some, uh, he gets some boots to the ribs. He's really starting to wear him down. We some rope running. Booker hits spinning heel kick and then a clothesline for two. Steiner just keeps coming back. Uh, this time he hits a chair shot, which is allowed. Um, then Steiner hits a weak power slam through the, the, the table, which, uh, Stevie Ray points out that that's their last table and that, you know, now, now, now he's got to hold his monitor. Um, God, at this point, Steiner's mad at Charles Robinson, who is the man with like the fastest count in sports entertainment. Like, has consistently had a faster count than basically any other referee um, that I can remember in WWE or WCW. Right. And and Steiner's mad that his count's not fast enough. Um, we get an avalanche Simone drop by Steiner. Booker tries to fire up, but Steiner hits him with a low blow. Belly to belly suplex, two count for Steiner. We had a rope running exchange, which both guys get some offense in. Booker then rolls up Steiner and hits a heel kick. Uh, he then hits the missile drop kick for a two count and then gets the axe kick. But Steiner gets handed a lead pipe by, I don't remember her name, something Asia. Uh, the woman with Steiner, I cannot remember her name. Uh, Medeja? Medeja. I, I believe, uh, what's his name? Bruce, not, not Bruce Buffer, but... Uh... Michael Buffer calls, <laughs> does the call of Scott Steiner's favorite freak, Medasia. All right. Um, okay, so Medasia gets the lead pipe and sneaks it to Steiner. Steiner clubs Booker with it, which Charles Robinson was staring right at. This was allowed, apparently, so I'm not sure why she, like, hid it to him. Then Steiner starts beating up referees. And the third referee comes up, and they're disqualified. He's disqualified. And uh, he takes the pipe to the face. 
<laughs> yeah, he, like he's... I know it was a, a plastic piece of plastic, but like Scott Steiner full on clobbered this guy in the face with this. Yeah, thing. he then starts hitting other guys. He hits Booker a bit more. He gets mad at Stevie Ray. This is a pay per view, guys. Uh, and then the and during the pay per view, they're talking about how uh, don't worry, guys, because tomorrow on on Nitro, Booker T will defend the title against Mike Awesome. So. Lots to look forward to. Um, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on this. I was just mad. It, it, it was, uh, it also, was a bad match between two guys who I thought, again, were capable. Also, like, the DQ finish was weird because everything that was allowed. Yes. Like, like it's, I... it's hard to tell what's allowed and what's not. Like, I know hitting the referee in general is not allowed, but the second referee did, like... It was clear that he hit the first referee, right? Right. He was still hanging there. Yeah, yeah. He he, he draped him in the tree of woe. Uh, the second referee did not disqualify him. It was a third referee that did that. And yeah, I don't know. They're talking about that's how Scott Steiner's out of control. But like, if all this is in the rules, is he really? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with this with this rule set, right? Honestly, you're not wrong. Chronic versus Goldberg. Goldberg's entrance was longer this than this match. Thank God, too. Chronic punches Goldberg, but Goldberg keeps standing. We get a double clothesline by Goldberg as they get a table. Uh, Tony Schiavone over mocks the overuse of tables at this point too. I, I did have to laugh because. Um, Tony Schiavone's mic went out at a certain point. I can't remember when it was. I think it was during Steiner Booker, where Madden and uh, Stevie Ray realized. And I think Tony Schiavone was just like, I think he was calling out like his stuff to the back, and some of that got picked up, and it was really funny. Uh, he's just like, okay, what's next, guys? Um, Goldberg spears Brian Adams through the table and pins him. That doesn't end the match. They didn't explain this either. And the bell went, too, so, like, I think they thought he won, but I guess he has to pin them both. That's not hard. Uh, Clark hits a meltdown, but I only get to two. Goldberg gets spear, jackhammer, victory. Even for a Goldberg match, this is boring. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was for, like, you want to talk about sending the people home happy. Mm. Like, if I would have paid money to go to this pay-per-view, I would have never purchased. I would have never watched WCW ever again. Yeah. Um, honestly, this gets zero from me. Yeah, it's I, like, I'm with you. there's just, at least with some of the other shows, I found some entertainment. Like, you know, Mike Austin versus Lance Storm was a stupid match, but it was fun at least. Yeah. And I feel like the only match on this show that had the potential to be that was the Cat versus Mike Sanders, but then it just wasn't really fun. No. Um, the rest of this was just bore like it was combinations of boring misuse of some talented, talented people, and in one case, outright dangerous. Mike Awesome was supposed to wrestle a championship match that next day. He earned and- it by almost killing a man. <laughs> yes, but like oh that like that match was was horribly dangerous. And then just like this is just kind of boring. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I do not disagree. I'm also giving it a zero. I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I kind of like the opening tag match, but like not enough to save the rest of the two hours and thirty five minutes that we had to sit through. After every promo was pretty terrible. Every yeah. backstage segment was terrible. There was no Vince Russo uh, on this show, but you knew he was somewhere there just yeah. by how bad this show was. Uh, there were eleven matches on this show. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it was it was it was brutal. Like there came a point where I was watching the, I this show. I it took me four sittings to watch this. Yeah, I'm about I had about the same. And it was on like, the on the third sitting, I think I watched the majority of it. And after about an hour and a half, I looked at how much time I had left, and I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me! <laughs> how many fucking more matches are there on this thing? Every match sucked." And that was my thing. Is like I kept I kept going back. Like okay, I've only got like an hour left. Right? Like no, you've got like an hour and a half. I keep thinking there's less of this, and there just kept being more. And man, like your 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 inflection changed from the beginning of this podcast to now, where you just sound sad. Like, but these are the things. Like, I like Booker T. I, um, you know, I can tolerate Goldberg. I like Sting. Mike Awesome's pretty good. Scott Steiner was all right. Yeah, Scott Steiner's all right. I like basically everyone in the opening match, aside from Disco. Lieutenant Loco's great. Uh, Jeff Jarrett has wrestled five matches. Lance Storm. I love Lance Storm. And I can tolerate Goldberg and Chronic. That, Billy Kidman. Um, this, this, this is wasted. Like, remember we did the... Uh, Remember we did the the Judy Bagwell on a pole match? Yes. And, like, that's widely considered to be one of the, like, low watermarks for WCW, right? Yes. And it was bad, but the match wasn't, the match wasn't awful. No. And it wasn't boring. I think that's what saddened me the most about this show is just not that it was, it was awful. It was, but it was just that Judy Bagwell on a pole was better. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> there was nothing to keep my interest, and they're trying so hard to keep my interest, and they're like, that's what all this seems to be about is just throwing stuff at the wall. At the end of the day, it just like there just wasn't anything left for the pay per view, and the pay per view just kind of happened. Yeah, it did, and it 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 was the worst show we've reviewed so far, in my opinion. I think I'm there uh, with you, which is like, and I don't think, I, again, not a lot of the worst stuff happened. It's just like, was there one, like, were there even moments of matches that were exciting? Like, even I, Booker's I, hero spots, I just didn't care. Or, no. like, but by the time the fourth Sting showed up, I was checked out of that match completely. <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, obviously, like, Mike Awesome and Vampiro was like, I have seen you two, both of you two, especially Mike Awesome. I've seen Mike Awesome wrestle on a match on ECW that was supposed to be more dangerous that I felt, like, better about. Both those two guys, he and the guy he was fighting, both went through a bunch of tables in, like, some dangerous fashion. But I felt, you know, better about their their health and well-being than, than Awesome and Vampiro in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. 
Um, <laughs> Ryland, do you want to take us out and tell people about our socials? Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter at WN Wallop, on Instagram we're just WN Wallop, on Facebook we're Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name, black and gold. That's us. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R Y A M Sport Report. Oh man, Kyle, this is a brutal one. Why don't you tell them where they could find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Legendary KJ. That is L E R E G E N D A R Y K J. Uh, yeah, we gotta pick. We gotta pick a different show. I, I may put a poll up for the next one. Um, please, please do. If, if we're gonna watch bad stuff, I want. I don't want to have someone to blame. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how long it's gonna take me to forgive you for this one. <laughs> I don't know if I can forgive myself, man. <laughs> With all that being said, Kyle. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, thank you for jo- or thank you for doing this with me. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been rewound. Good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.